0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Front Range. My name is Johnny. I'm one of our pastors here. I'm so glad to be with you this morning, especially if you're new at Front Range, whether this is your first time or last Sunday at Easter was your first time, or maybe you're checking us out online. We hope that this will become a home for you where you can build community, discover your purpose and grow in your faith in Jesus. Can we take a minute and Jackie started this? Can we take a minute and just celebrate Easter and all that God did and just thank him? Yes. It is... It is so good to just get all together in a gigantic room and praise the Lord together like we did last week. And I wanna thank all of our Dream Team members who helped make both the egg hunt and Easter happen. It's just amazing to see, so praise God for that. Uh, I wanna let you know about something we have coming up next Sunday. Not only are we doing baptisms here Sunday morning, but we have a a gathering Sunday night called Next Steps. This is the best place for you if you wanna learn more about our church, our history, vision, values. If you wanna learn more about our staff and our pastors, if you want to learn how to take a next step, and you just, you got some questions, whatever, that is the best place for you to come and hang out. We'll provide a free meal and childcare. We just need to know who and how many people are coming. So if you want to join us next Sunday night for that, make sure you sign up. You can do that on the QR code in the worship guide. There's also a box on there that says, I would like more information about Front Range. You can check that box and we'll send you a link to sign up for it. So join us for that. Uh, Today, we are starting a series called Stories of a Kingdom. and I want to start out with a question. This is not a rhetorical question. I want to hear from you on this one. What would you say Jesus talked about or taught about the most? What's the thing he talked about the most? Let me hear it. Love. love. Anything else? Money. The, kingdom. the king. You get a special prize. <laughs> there you go. Yes. So yes, Jesus talked about love and money and forgiveness. Is that me? We'll get that. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe. There you go. Stop touching it and we'll fix it. Uh, Jesus talked about love and money and forgiveness. And if you grew up in a church like I did as a kid, hell. Talked about hell a little bit. But that's not what he talked about the most. He did, in fact, talk about this concept of the kingdom of God. Jesus was announcing The rule and reign of God, the creator of the the universe, was beginning in and through him. And yes, he talked about all those other topics, but he talked about them in the context of the kingdom of God. And he taught this in a method called parables now what is a parable well a parable is a short story it's not usually real it's it could have happened but the way that jesus told it it was it was mostly fictional um and and it illustrated a moral principle or an attitude and jesus did this because he knew that stories have uh, an impact and power that that stories have the ability to teach us something in an indirect way like I can say do this or don't do this and like yes most of us can understand that kind of a thing but if it's illustrated in a story it tends to have more of an impact or or power like I think of the story of the boy who cried wolf um, my mom told me this as a kid. Many of you have probably heard this, that this, this, this young boy keeps telling his village uh, that a wolf is coming and he thinks it's hilarious. He's lying and people start to freak out. Well, then when a wolf actually does end up coming, no one believes him and things don't work out so well for him. The moral of the story that we get from that is don't lie. Don't be a liar because people won't believe you when it really counts. And so we we understand a bit of the, the moral of that story because it's illustrated for us. This is why we love uh, movies and and books and shows. I mean, all of us probably have a favorite movie, and you know the plot, you know the characters, you know their motivations, you know some behind-the-scenes stuff, because those things land in our heads and our hearts, and they tend to stick with us. And so Jesus used this method called parables to illustrate values and things of the kingdom of God to help us learn some things about how to live in God's kingdom. In fact, Jesus, in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 35% of his teaching was in this form of parables. Over a third of his teaching is in parables. That is a lot. If your workday was spent a third of it in meetings, that would be annoying, right? And most of those meetings should have been an email. Can I get an amen? Yes, yes, thank you. Um, so, So that is a lot of time that Jesus spent teaching in Parables. Now, as I said, parables, they illustrate a moral principle or an attitude, but Jesus' parables were about a lot more than that. They had layers. There was depth. There were different symbols and references. And Jesus told these parables in a particular context to a particular people. He used illustrations like soil and seed. And the poor farmers who would have been hearing him originally could understand and grasp those things and get his meaning as he told these stories. Parables are meant to convince, persuade, or reveal something to us. They're meant to convince and persuade us of some aspect of the kingdom of God or God's character that we haven't fully grasped yet. And they're meant to convince and persuade and reveal to us the way in which God wants us to live in his kingdom. And the parables demand action. It is it's not just a nice story to hear about the parable of the Good Samaritan. If all we did was listen to that story and not take to heart that Jesus wants us to actually go and love and care for and serve our neighbors, we've missed the point, and it's just a nice story that we've heard. Parables demand that we actually live out the message and the values that are being communicated. This is what we're going to do in this series, Stories of a Kingdom. We're going to spend most of our time in the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to look at different parables that Jesus told and what we can learn through them. As a framework for this series, we're going to use a definition that one theologian uses for parables. He says this, parables were the means Jesus used most frequently to explain the kingdom of God and to show the character of God and the expectations he has for us. They were the means Jesus used most frequently to explain the kingdom of God and to show the character of God and the expectations he has for us. You can take a picture of that. You can write it down if you want to. Typically, when we're reading the Bible, or specifically when we read parables, they're kind of hard to understand sometimes. And so we start in the place when we read read stuff like this, and we go, okay, what does this mean for me? And that's not a bad question. It's not the wrong question. I would say it's not the right first question. That there are questions that need to be asked before we get there. Questions like, what is Jesus saying about the kingdom of God? What is Jesus saying about the character of God? And then once we answer those questions, what is Jesus asking of me? And that gets us to what it means for us. What is Jesus saying about the kingdom? What is he saying about the character of God? What is he asking of me? It's important to wrap our our heads around all of this because we don't want to miss or misinterpret the point of what Jesus was saying when he told these parables. So that's, again, that's what we're doing in this series. And I want to encourage you as we go through this to check out our series hub on our website. We've been doing this uh, all year long with our series. It's a place on our website, where we're just dumping a bunch of resources and stuff that we feel like might help people who wanna go a little bit deeper than the Sunday morning uh, experience. If you wanna, you wanna have something to read, something to watch, something to listen to, there is something for everyone on these series hubs. So please check that out. It's frontrange.org, the messages tab, it says series hubs right there. You can also get there through the QR code in your worship guide. Um, and join us, there's a reading plan that'll take us through the gospel of Luke. Join us in that reading plan. Today, as we've kind of set up what parables are. Can we go through a short one with our remaining time? That's a trick question. You don't have a choice. We're going to do that no matter what. I'm also just trying to see if you're awake. You guys awake? Yes? Okay, cool. Let's look at a parable in Luke chapter 14. We'll set the context here, um, but first, if you've got a Bible, open up to Luke chapter chapter 14. If you don't, you can use your phone. Um, it'll be on the screen as well. But if you don't have a Bible, we want to give you one. We have those at our Blue Connections tent out in the courtyard. All you got to do is walk up and go, that guy said I can have a Bible. We had several people do that last service. We got them stacked up there. If you're watching online, fill out a Connect card and we'll mail you a Bible wherever you are. Um, we want to make sure that everyone has a Bible that you understand and enjoy reading. So context for where we're at in Luke chapter 14, Jesus has been in Invited to a dinner with the Pharisees and some prominent religious people. And they're watching him to see what he does and what he says and if they can accuse him of doing anything wrong. And Jesus is watching this party and he begins to notice how everyone is sort of vying for different positions. They're trying to get themselves seated in certain spots at the table because in this culture, in this society at this time, where you sat at the table indicated how important you were. And so Jesus is watching this. And he gets frustrated, and he's seeing all these supposedly righteous people, and they have excluded certain people from this dinner party. They have invited only the ones they want to be there, and there are certain people that are not there. And so Jesus sort of squares up with these guys and says, you have missed the point. You are exalting yourselves. You're making a a big deal about who's the most important, and that's not the way the kingdom of God works. He actually says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and the humble will be exalted. So he makes it awkward, right? He's sitting at this dinner table and makes this whole thing pretty awkward. A guy wants to change the subject, and he's like, man, blessed are those who will who will enjoy the feast in the kingdom of God. And he's, what he's saying is, aren't we all blessed here that we're going to be a part of this, this future kingdom of God and we'll enjoy this feast? Jesus is like, oh no. So he responds in Luke chapter 14, we'll start in verse 16. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. Now, again, Jesus is teaching us about the kingdom, the character of God, and how we're to respond. This certain man is representing God in this parable. He is preparing a great banquet. The time has now come. Send out the invites and let everyone know. Come, the banquet is ready. Verse 18, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Who buys a field without looking at it first? It's ridiculous, right? Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. How do you try out? What? what is it? We're having dinner. You've got to go try out? Anyway, next guy. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. I'm not even going to comment on what he may have had going on. <laughs> Don't know. These are ridiculous excuses, but they are ridiculous on purpose, Remember, Jesus is illustrating something. He's trying to get them to understand that God is doing something in their midst, and they've missed it. There is a great banquet being prepared, and these guys are missing The point. He's speaking to a Jewish audience, the people of God, those that God has called and blessed to be the ones to take his message of love to the world around them. And they've been distracted, or they've been focused on other things, or they've just completely missed the point. God called his people to righteousness and holiness and justice and generosity. He planned to bless the whole world through this people that he called and commissioned throughout the Old Testament, and they blew it over and over and over again. And now something new was beginning in and through Jesus. Continuing in the parable, Jesus says, the servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Those that had been left out of the party that Jesus was sitting at, by the way. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house Will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Now, I wish Luke had recorded what they responded with after that, but unfortunately he didn't. Can you imagine sitting at this dinner and Jesus saying specifically that last line I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet? Imagine being one of those at the table and going, Hold on, excuse me, sir, are you saying what I think you're saying? Jesus wants them to understand that God is doing something right now and you might miss it if you're not careful. You've all missed the point so far of what God has intended to do with the privilege of being his people. You've gotten so self-righteous and important with these fancy dinners where you exclude certain people. You forgot or ignored the outcasts and the sinners who are in need of the love and the mercy and grace of our God. And God is now specifically inviting those very people to be a part of his kingdom. And if you're not careful, you might get left out of it. In the end, there's a beautiful truth in the midst of all of this. Again, Jesus is illustrating something about the kingdom of God and the character of God. And I believe when we read this parable, we are meant to take away from it this truth about our God that everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome in the house of our God. That parable illustrates that the master, preparing the banquet, wanted everyone to come so that his house may be full. But again, imagine you're sitting at that table and You hear this and you go, okay, hang on, Jesus, one second. Um, You are wanting me to understand that all the people I don't like or don't want are invited to this banquet? Like, okay, listen, what about the tax collectors? What about these guys who are traitors to their people, who are serving the Roman government, and they are taxing us outrageously. I read recently upwards of 50% taxes were taken from the people during this time, and tax collectors were skimming off the top. You're telling me that those guys are invited to join the banquet of God? You're telling me that even the Samaritans who hate us and set up a competing temple in their own place to compete with ours in Jerusalem, you're telling me they're invited to the banquet of our God? You're telling me even the prostitutes, the lepers, the Roman soldiers who oppress us, those who are in an opposite political party, those whose Facebook posts I didn't like, Though, sorry. Everyone is welcome. God wants his house full. He wants everyone who can make it to come to the great banquet in his presence, and he's willing to go to great lengths to make that possible, which is why Jesus came. He invites us, no matter our past mistakes, our political affiliation, our pain, our lack of knowledge, our loss, whatever we've done, wherever we come from, he invites us to come and die, to come to him and say, I can't do this on my own. I've messed up, I've made mistakes, I've tried to be good enough and I don't know how. He invites us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, to follow him, to turn from our sins, to be cleansed, forgiven, healed, and experience the great banquet in his presence. Jesus came to die, to pay the price for our sins. And as we celebrated last Sunday, he rose from the dead three days later so that we would know that he conquered death and the grave and we can spend our eternity with him and have daily encounters with our God. He fills us with his Holy Spirit. We live with his presence in us, guiding us, speaking to us, leading us in our lives, helping us turn from our sins and be empowered to live the way that he is calling us to live. Jesus was announcing that in his arrival, in his death and in his resurrection, the kingdom of God was breaking in and we can taste eternity today by joining it, by being a part of it. Remember, in the parables, Jesus is illustrating what the kingdom of God looks like. And yes, there is that future party, but we can also live it out today. We have the opportunity to be kingdom workers, to be a part of preparing that future banquet. We see a servant in that parable who is sent out into the streets to invite everyone to come in, I think we need to pay special attention to that as we read it here today, thousands of years later. I think we need to note that there are people who are doing things to prepare for the great banquet. And I think that if we boiled it down, it's that we all have a part to play. We all have a part to play. Remember, parables are meant to push us to... Do something with the message that we hear. What would Jesus have been saying to the people at the party he was attending? What is Jesus asking of his listeners in that day? And what is he asking of us? Well, again, he was telling those people at that party, pay attention. The kingdom is near. The kingdom has begun. And you have been called to be God's people and to invite people in. Don't miss that. And then we hear Thousands of years later, again, we are to read this and go, okay, how can we join in with God's people and begin preparing for this banquet that is coming? How can we go into the streets and invite people into what God is doing and invite them to be a part of his presence and his community? I am so thankful for the people who took this calling seriously and helped me find a home in Christ 20 years ago. I walked into a church broken and messed up and depressed and just not caring about anything in life. And I don't remember anything about the music. Sorry, Pastor Aaron. I don't remember anything about the message, which is depressing for me. I remember the people. I remember people saying, we're glad you're here. I remember that they made it fun to be in church and that it was safe and enjoyable and people genuinely cared that I was there. And I just want to take a second, and those of you who serve with our kids uh, and specifically our student ministry, you guys are making such an impact and I know you may not always see it and I know you may not always get the credit that you deserve, but man, I just want to honor you and thank you for what you do because you are changing lives and you are changing eternities. A 15-year-old kid found Jesus because of volunteers in a student ministry. And I was baptized at 16 because of the influence of volunteers in a student ministry. And I felt a call to vocational ministry because of the influence of volunteers and people who were mentoring me and caring for me. You guys are doing amazing things by providing a place for our kids and our students to come and hear about Jesus. This is the heart of who we are as a church. This is why 10 years ago, A group of people moved out here to start a new life-giving church in our community. It's why a group of people get up before the crack of dawn every Sunday to come in here and to set the chairs out that you're sitting in, to provide free coffee and snacks, to put the banners up and the signage, to clean the bathrooms. It's why we move the desks and the chairs in the kids' room and and put up pipe and drape so that children can have an opportunity to come and have fun, number one, and number two, hear about Jesus and experience the love and the joy of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This is what it's all about. This is why we've created this place. This is why we get to celebrate things like the special egg hunt last Saturday and Easter on Sunday. It's because of the, the sacrifice and the giving of hundreds of people. Hundreds of you helped fill eggs and try to stuff those things together for that egg hunt. You guys, some of you did that. You know what I'm talking about. Those things don't go together so well. Many, many, many of you helped us prepare and serve at that event and then turned right around and did it again on Sunday to create a home for people to walk into because I believe that you know you have a part to play in what God is doing. Jesus' message to The religious people of the day was that they had missed the point. They weren't caring for people in the way that God intended for them to. And we have to make sure that we hear that message as well when we read it today and make sure that the way we are living our lives is aligned with the heart of our God who cares for people, who wants people to find hope and life and joy in his presence. I think often about Psalm chapter 84, verse 10, where it says that I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I would rather be in this place doing anything than be anywhere else. I would rather hold a door. I would rather scrub the toilets. I would rather pick up the trash all around the place than be anywhere else because I just wanna be in the presence of God and in the presence of his people I wanna be where he wants me to be. I wanna do what he's called me to do. I know that God has a part for all of us to play and we have to figure out what that is and what he wants us to do about it because there is a coming banquet that he has invited us to and we can experience that here today and we can also help prepare for what's coming in the future. So what is God calling us to today? What is God placing on your heart this morning as you hear this parable? Because remember parables demand action they demand something of us they compel us to do something with the message that we've heard maybe you walked in this morning and you're checking church out or you're you're just interested in what's going on maybe you don't even know why you came in the doors i want you to know that god wants you to be a part of what he's doing You are welcome in the house of our God. You are welcome at the party that he's throwing. He paid the price for your sins by sending Jesus to die on the cross and you are welcome in his presence. You are welcome to come to him and say, I've messed up. I need help. I wanna turn from my sins. I wanna walk in the way of Jesus and do what he's calling me to do. I want eternal life. I wanna be with him. You are welcome, no matter where you've come from or what you've done. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, who have proclaimed his name and said, I believe in him and I'm, I'm gonna follow him. He may be calling you to do something, to take a step of faith. He may be calling you to take that open, that open door in a conversation to talk about Jesus with someone at work. He may be calling you to love and serve and care for a neighbor, either in your neighborhood or someone that you're in proximity with. He may be calling you to serve them. He may be calling you to serve in the church. How has he gifted you? How has he made you passionate for something? There is a place for you to help prepare for the kingdom of God, for the banquet in his kingdom. We'd love to help you with that. If you're not already serving, or maybe you just need some help finding a next step, fill out that connect card. There's a box on there that says serving, just check that. We'll give you the opportunities that we have here on Sunday mornings and throughout the week, connect you with some of our local partners, whatever that looks like. We just know that when we read a parable like this and we see that God is sending workers out, to bring people in that we have a part to play in that we have a responsibility. We see the character of our God in this parable that he wants everyone, he wants his house full. He wants people to join in the party. And we see that in his kingdom, there are people who are helping make that happen. There are people serving and working and helping prepare for what God is doing. So what part do you have to play in what, in what God is doing? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your love, for your grace, your mercy, and the fact that you you join us in these moments as we worship you and pray and cry out to you. We thank you for your presence. God, I ask that you would speak to each and every one of us this morning. Help us know what our part is in what you're doing. Help us see what you've put right in front of us the open doors, the opportunities, the people who need love and care and hope. And Lord, give us the strength, empower us through your Holy Spirit to take a step to do what you're calling us to do. God, I thank you for those who may have come in the doors today who are looking for something. They don't even know what they're looking for, maybe. Maybe you just came in and you just needed something. You just needed a place to be. You needed hope. As we have our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I wanna speak to those of you who came in today looking for something. What you're actually looking for is Jesus. He came to die for you because he loves you. I wanna give you an opportunity to give your life over to him. And I'm not gonna ask you to come forward. I'm not gonna embarrass you if that's you this morning and maybe you've never been in church before, maybe you've never given your life to Christ or maybe you have, maybe you did in the past and then life got in the way, you made mistakes, you went your own way, God is inviting you back home. And again, as everybody's heads bowed, eyes are closed, if that's you this morning and you would say, I wanna come home, I wanna follow Jesus, I wanna give him my life, would you just slip your hand up so I can pray for you this morning? Amen. God, we thank you for this opportunity to give you our lives. Lord, save us by your grace, as we put our faith in you, our faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus. God, I thank you that you paid the price for our sins, and we can come to you messed up and broken and humbled. And you give us your spirit to empower us, to remind us of your love, your mercy. God, help us walk in your way. Help us learn to be more like you. Help us love and care for those around us as we give our lives over to you. Help us make a difference. You have a purpose and a plan for our lives, Lord. And We just thank you for this moment that we can give our lives over to you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.